Welcome back, America. This is The Daily Answer, and I'm your host, Mark. One of my favorite parts of any travel book, and I really have read a number of travel books over the years, is one they describe what they're eating. One of the great blessings of traveling, hiking, backpacking, living on the road, or living with very little, is that I believe you really enjoy your meals, for it seems you're always hungry. As many have noted, hunger is the best sauce. Keep that in mind when you're raising children. Pick If they're picking at their food, they're not hungry. Hunger, all of a sudden, brings out the flavors and food that you had not noticed before. I really enjoy seeing young, hungry backpackers coming into some mountain town and devouring whatever's set in front of them without any qualms. I equally enjoy checking out the backcountry stores and seeing what they stock or the local eating establishments. Maybe those cafes or diners near the Appalachian Trail, a chopped steak brown gravy, spuds. That's a big hit. The other night at a local pizza place outside of Zion National Park, in the cool of the evening, every party was huddled around their pizza like a pack of wolves. And no one was saying anything like or something like, I don't like that. No crying or unhappy kids, just real quiet, tired, starving children grabbing for the next slice. I'm not sure if a cup of coffee tastes anywhere better than in a campground. I I just don't know. Uh, it tastes really good there. It tastes really good at the home of my good friends, Patrick and Rhonda Clark up in Yakima, Washington, uh, on their front deck. It tastes really good there too. Or a cold drink grabbed from a cooler stocked with ice. I remember a man who biked all the way, that is on his bicycle from Seattle to Patagonia. And he talked about crying when someone gave him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That gave him more happiness than winning a million dollars. Yes. Yes, sometimes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich can be worth a lot more than a million dollars. In the city, hmm, I often see people picking over a meal. And I'm always kind of upset. When I pass a table at a restaurant where someone has just left and half the meal is still sitting there, what was the point of even going out? I know I'm not perfect. I'm, I've, I've faced those situations in life where Nothing really sounded good for dinner. In that case, though, don't go out to eat. Me and my wife have that policy. If not, neither one of us have a strong preference, then we'll just snack at home, grab something. I mean, we can fend for ourselves. And, and we will go out when we're good and hungry, and we'll go out when we really have a hankering for a particular cuisine. You know what? If you find yourself in situations like that, maybe you just need to go on a five-mile hike first. Or here's what my dad would say. If the meal that mom had just served was too hot out of the oven, and man, and my mom always talked about it's piping hot. It wasn't hot. 
It was piping hot. Piping hot meant like lava, meant like volcano. It, it was a level of hot. It was, you know, too hot for the devil, too. <laughs> it was it was piping hot. And, I mean, you'd sit down and, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to burn my tongue or my mouth or et cetera. And he would say, go and run around the house a couple of times. And we did. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. I remember me and my younger brother often running, chasing, racing each other around the house a couple of times. And then, and every meal should be embraced with a zest like that. I don't know about you, but there are certain meals where I am good and hungry, and I love when I'm good and hungry. And I can tell this is going to be good. And almost I want to announce to everyone at the table, and even if we've been invited to someone else's house, like Dwayne and Terry's house and where she has made homemade chillerieno, it's almost like I want to tell people at the table, sorry, but for about the next half an hour, you're not going to hear anything out of me because I'm going to be eating. I love you and I love your company, but right now I love this food more. <laughs> right now, this meal is more important than a conversation with you, even though I love you, even though I love you, I value and I cherish you. I, I know. I, I love those meals where what you're hearing is the clinking, it's the clinking of the utensils on the plate as people are scraping scraping up the last bit of mashed potatoes and gravy they're getting stabbing the last green bean nothing's going to waste if you find yourself or your family becoming hard to please when it comes to meal preparation and mom mom mom's out there there is no good reason that you should have to make a special meal for every member of the family my mom didn't. You guys, I, I don't know, but I, I never realized that you could ever say at the dinner table, I don't like that. D didn't even realize that was an option. And maybe it's good, like, don't even get your kids. That, that's not it. That language is not spoken here. <laughs> okay. Um, and if I would have said that, my dad would have looked at me like, who are you? You know? You're a fool. And not only that, but they would have not given me any attention. Like, but well, okay, but this is what's for dinner. And you can excuse yourself, but we are not, we are not going to make another meal. Not only that, we're not going to beg you to eat. Wow. Man, talk to someone who went through the depression when a lot of meals were fried dough, no meat. No fruit, no vegetable, fried dough. You should not ever have to beg a child to eat. If you do, they're not hungry. Yep. Yeah. You go out there and get hungry. Maybe you will appreciate it more. Man, is there a lesson there, huh? Law of scarcity. Don't have all these snacks between meals. Don't have this cornucopia of snacks out there, you know? Here's breakfast, here's lunch, here's dinner. Nothing in between. 
and we're going to work in between. We're going to be active in between. You know, if, if you find that's kind of happened in your family, then maybe, hey, get out the station wagon and change, change the oil and, you know, put some new plugs in it. Get on the road, throw the sleeping bags, bags in and the gunny sack full of food and sandwiches. Push the kids on a three-mile hike. Get out in the fresh air. Toss them in a mountain stream. Have them jump off a bridge or two. Nothing like a day on the river to build up an appetite. I, I have never, ever been with a, a person on the day on the river, jumping off a bridge, swimming in the creek, and anybody in any scenario like that at the end of the day said, eh, I'm not hungry or I don't like that. <laughs> I don't think that world exists. But let's transition here. What about a spiritual hunger? What about a hunger? What about hungering and thirsting for righteousness? What about that? The Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. There's a lot of passages like that. How about Psalm 42:1? As the deer pants for the water brook, so my pants for you, my soul pants for you, O God. Psalm 119, verse 131. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. Yeah. A hunger for God, a hunger and thirst for God, and particularly a hunger and thirst for truth and for God's word and for oh, you, the fellowship with other Christians. And how about the opportunity to worship, to long for the courts of God? Yeah, I don't know. We just... Oh, sometimes we miss things on that. And excuse me, but people that show up at services and just pop in and pop out really remind me of the people that pick over their food at a restaurant and leave half their food right there on the table and walk away. If you can just pop in and pop out of services, you're not hungry. Man, if you can skip Bible study and just say, I'm just going to go there for the Lord's Supper, you're not hungry. Maybe you don't see your need. Man, maybe you're living more of a superficial life. Maybe you're not going through enough. Pray that God would increase your hunger and your appetite for his word. If, if, you're, not, if you're not being driven to your knees in prayer, if you're not being driven to pick up your Bible and find answers for your questions and the questions of other people, oh, you're living a shallow life. And I don't know if you're even living in that sort of, in that sort of scenario. I mean, on the first day of the week, we should be hungry. We should be hungry for interaction with other Christians to be stimulated by them and to encourage them, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. We should long for a chance to reflect upon what Jesus did for us during communion. We should long for the word of God. That is, what am I going to learn from God's word this morning, either in the class or from the sermon? Long for a chance to pray with other Christians. And not only that, but to, 
express our gratitude to God in song, Ephesians 5.19. And don't, don't pass up on opportunities to spend time with Christians after services. There should be a hunger. There should be a hunger for wanting to be with God's people and hear about their stories and hear about who they're trying to reach. Yeah, don't be a picky spiritual eater. Not only that, but don't be picky like when it comes to a class. Why didn't like that class? Well, there's no perfect class out there, but tell you what, you need to make a post-it note and put it on your Bible. It's your job to make any class better. Yeah, as a student, even as the person walking in as the visitor, it's your job to improve that class. And you can improve it by paying attention and you can improve it by making good comments. You can Include it by being active in the class. Yeah. If you didn't get much out of it, you didn't put much into it. But that's on you. That's on you. So work on work on developing a spiritual appetite. Man, look at all the areas in your life that you need God and you need God's wisdom and you need God's help. And where you need strength from God's word. I love the hungry people. Be one of the people that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Well, this has been Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Thanks for tuning in. And as usual, we'll see you, and you know where you'll see me. You'll see me in the funny papers.